What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Reach Your Summit podcast, where we help you navigate the path to a better, more secure future. My name is Jessica Magnuson. I'm your host here at Summit Wealth Group, and I am with one of our Ridgeland, Mississippi advisors, Josh Aller, who is back joining us for our final episode on all things college planning, savings, everything you need to know about that realm of life. So welcome back again. It's good to be here. <laughs> time. Yeah. feels like you've never left, huh? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to talk about some loans. Yes. I know this is a big, you know, hot button topic. It feels like everybody has an opinion about student loans, student debt, and is not shy about sharing them <laughs> with That's you. Right. So <laughs> I know that everyone's just getting tons of information all the time about this. Yes. So. It's all over the news. It's all that's been very politicized and, uh, you know, everybody's got an opinion, but hopefully yeah. we'll try to sift through some of the opinions and get to a few facts today. Perfect. That is exactly what we're looking for here. So uh, we'll jump right in. So I'm kind of wondering when someone comes to you and is thinking about going the route of taking out student loans in order to go to college, how do you start that conversation and what do you usually tell them? Yeah. uh, So I think I mentioned on the last podcast, you know, the the primary ways that we're paying for college these days is through, you know, grants or aid from where that's from federal government, state government, the school scholarships, uh, cash flow or mm-hmm. loans, obviously in general, you know, nobody wants to take out debt to buy a car. You don't want to take out debt to buy a house. You don't want to take out debt to, to go to school. You know, they charge interest on these loans. This interest can get to be very high interest rates. Yeah. Uh, it can get be tough to pay back if you don't land the job that you're desiring right out of college. So, it's very tough. But you know, on the mm-hmm. other hand, if a client really comes to me and says, Hey, you know, I've really looked into this. I really want to go to college. I really want to get this degree. And the only way I can do it is to get student loans. You know, I've tried all the other avenues. And at that point in time, that's like, okay, you know, that's fine. I, I, I appreciate that you value a college degree so much that you know that it's worth to take a college loan out to go out and pursue this, this career. I, I don't, you know, don't like seeing clients come in and say, Hey, you know, I just, we're going to get $30,000 loan for little Johnny. He doesn't know what he wants to do with his life yet, but you know, I want him to get that college experience. You know, so it's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, is that, you know, do, do we think that's the best route here? You know, can we look at going to junior colleges? Can we look at something else? That it, It's a tough conversation. You know, it's very hard because it's very personable. And right. you know, I went to college. I had a fantastic time at, you know, Mississippi State University. Go dogs. And uh, <laughs> but, you know, and I had a, had a great time, great experience. But, you know, I did get. You know, I did buckle down, made great grades, had some scholarship. We, we, we took out, we did take out loans for me to go to co- for me to go to grad school. It was very small and I repaid it over the next, you know, four or five years when I got out. But yeah, you know, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a hard subject to talk about, you know, but I do, you know, I think it's probably a good time. I kind of breeze through the, the main types of loans that people get whenever they do uh, decide they want to go that route. You know, there's you, know, you can go get loans privately from private institutions. Uh, there's many different avenues to get get a student loan, but I'm gonna focus mainly on the ones from from the government here. 
Uh, we've got first okay. option is a direct plus loan. Uh, think th- th- this used to be, I think, what was the parent plus loan, but right. they now renamed it to direct direct plus. Right. You, know, you can make a loan directly to the student or parent. If you think about the most basic student loan, this is it. You know, it's a standard fixed rate of interest. I think right now the new loans that are getting issued are a little over eight percent. The loan payments, you know, there's, there's different types of loan payments you can have the payment start immediately, right? When you start college, they have a graduated loan repayment where kind of the payment starts off a little lower, gets bigger over time. The loan, the loan term kind of depends on the amount of loan. You can get it from anywhere from 10 years to 30 years. Then we go, then we hop into the subsidized or unsubsidized direct loans. And so most people probably have an idea what this means. Obviously subsidized loans mean that the government is subsidizing part of the payment. So whenever you decide to go to university, I think it's for, yeah, it's only for the subsidized loads are only for undergrads. They are based on financial need. And so if you qualify for the subsidized loan while you're in school, the government will pay for the interest on the loan. And then on the the flip side of that, the unsubsidized, you know, is for people that don't have the financial need. Interest does accrue on the loan while you're in college. There are Mm -hmm. some different ways that you can defer the payment, uh, you know, out into the future, if you drop down to part-time, not full-time student, things like that. But in general, those are the three most popular and well-known methods of obtaining financing for college. Thinking about taking out student loans just to have the college experience, it's like, of course, hindsight's twenty twenty. but I know I had student loans and I was fortunate enough to kind of have a situation where I could get a second job, pay them off um, pretty quick out of college. But I'm like, no, don't do it. (laughs) Don't you will kick yourself later um, because it's yeah, like you were saying, the high interest rates they're pretty substantial typically um, for most people that have to take out loans. I am in my 30s now and. Most of the people my age I know are still paying on their loans, you know, 10, 15, 20 years um, out of college. So, you know, you've probably heard me say this kind of same thing on the the prior podcast, but I I just I'm such a proponent of going to college is is an investment in yourself. It's an investment in Mm -hmm. your career and you've got to take it seriously. And if you if you get to the point where you decide you're going to take out a college loan, you need to have a very focused goal of what you're trying to accomplish in college what yeah. job you're trying to get when you get out of college. Cause I've just seen too many people with fifty, seventy-five thousand dollar loans that are, you know, earning forty to fifty thousand dollars. You know, or maybe they're a teacher. Maybe they, and there's different there's different scenarios. Maybe somebody went to sure. school, they wanted to be an engineer, they got all this debt and then they decide they wanted to go be a teacher. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But at the same time you, the the investment into college was not worth it at that point in time because it's going to probably more than likely take you a while to pay back that student loan given the income limitations of the career you're in. Do you feel like when clients come in that there is a certain area that's common that people don't understand when they are thinking about taking out a loan or um, that they're just not really clear on exactly how it works or what they're getting themselves into? I mean, I think it's just the repercussions long-term of how financially crippling it can be. And I've used this analogy before, but a Mississippi State Bulldog fan. And I've just, I've talked to like some coaches up there and things like that. And they talk about how like every single player on the football team thinks they're going to the NFL, you know? Sure. And so (laughs) every single person that goes to college thinks they're going to walk out of college making 
hundred thousand dollars a year. And like, Oh, we'll, we'll worry about those financial, those, those student loans later, you know? Mm-hmm. And the reality is that that's just not, that that's not everybody's life path. Right. A lot of people are not going to walk out of college making a hundred thousand dollars a year, you know, taking out debt at 8%. And you know, guys, the, the government expects you to pay that back. It, it, yes. it, it, there could be some tight times in the beginning and, you know, a couple other nuances people don't think about, you know, it's like student debt did, never goes away. Well, that's, we'll, we'll get to that later. The, according to the new save plan, there's a chance some of it does go away, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> You know, if you file bankruptcy, most of the time student debt does not get lumped into that. The federal government can seize your pay, your pay, your paycheck for not paying back student loans. They can withhold your tax refunds. They can withhold social security payments. You know, if you've got a, you know, a father or grandfather who signed on a student loan with you and he's getting social security. You know, you don't pay it back. They can start seizing yeah. grandpa or social security payments. It's tough. It's a, it's a big decision and you got to weigh, you know, every option, all the pros and cons. Yeah, definitely a big decision to be making too when you're 17, 18 years old <laughs> going yeah. off to college. So definitely want to be as educated as you can about what you're getting yourself into and what yeah. the decision really means. You know, I've, I've heard people, you know, believe it or not, I've had, you know, people, clients come to me to say, well, I'm just not going to pay it back. You know, it's an unsecured loan. What are they going to do? If you get to the point where you can't pay your house note or your car note, you can go give them the keys to your house, or your car, they take sure. it back. They can't do that with a student loan, but as I kind of talked about, there's other things they can do to to recoup their costs. Right, right. It's not just going to go away. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> if clients come in and they have already been to college, they already have the student debt, and maybe it is a significant part of you know uh, their financial portfolio at this point. How do you advise them with? paying that off versus investing? What route do you tell them to go? With today's rates, you know, where they're issuing loans out, uh, loans out on, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a credit card, you know, credit cards are anywhere from 15 to 25% interest. You know, it can be financially crippling to have a large balance of credit card debt, you know, Mm -hmm. probably the next highest interest rate loan that clients have is student debt. At this point in time, when you do have accumulated credit cards and student loan debt, and you're trying to figure out which ones to pay off. How do I do this? How do I manage all this? It gets to be a behavioral issue. Are we, mm-hmm. are we spending our money in the right places? Are we paying the, the absolute minimums on our debt and going and enjoying vacations and restaurants? Or do we need to perform some kind of like debt snowball, figure out which debts to attack and then do it? You know, I was, I was listening to a finance podcast probably, oh, this is probably two or three months ago. And these callers call in and ask for advice. And this guy said, you know, he said, I've got $200,000 in student loans, you know, blah, blah, blah. And this guy was like, you're done with vacations for the next 10 years. You're done with vacations. Your vacation is going and playing a round of golf, nine holes, you know, the your local municipal course. Right. Um, <laughs> You know, if you're, if I see you inside of a restaurant, it better be because you're cleaning dishes and waiting tables. Mm -hmm. When you accumulate that debt, maybe life didn't work out exactly how you thought. There's got to be some massive behavioral changes. You've got to cut all expenses that can be cut and start attacking that debt. Right. Which is also something I feel like you have to think back to if you're in that position, 17, 18 years old, um, getting ready to take out these loans where, you're not guaranteed a great salary just because you graduated with a college degree. And so making sure that you're starting kind of good behavioral habits with your money, if you're going to make this decision is a huge thing to think about as well. 
yeah. you know I mean, you're you going to you have to it. probably sacrifice later on down the road. Yeah, you see it. You see it a lot in the the law community. I mean, there's more mm-hmm. more more kids in law school than there are lawyers in the United States. Every, everyone thinks as soon as they get done with law school, you know, they they've made it. And whenever they go out for their first job, you know, job interview, and they tell them that you're going to make forty grand as a young attorney and you're going to work sixty hours a week, the reality kind of hits them in the face. Then, right, <laughs> it's going to be a little bit different than anticipated, maybe. Exactly. Um, But yeah, like you're saying, the behavioral changes is probably the biggest key to success with paying Mm -hmm. off any kind of debt that large. So so you touched on a little bit earlier about the save repayment plan. So just to kind of catch people up, this is something that went into effect uh, earlier this year and is kind of framed as something that's going to help people that are paying back their student loans save potentially some money on those payments. What else do you know about it? And uh, do you think it could be helpful, will be helpful? Have you seen it in action at all? I mean, the, the, the jury's out. Uh, we'll see. Okay. It's such a new program. You know, we don't know exactly. As I'm sure there's going to be some kinks to work be worked out, you know, over the next year or two. So for those who've not heard about it, like Jessica mentioned, it's called the SAVE Repayment Plan. It stands for Saving on a Valuable Education. And so this is mm-hmm. a income-driven repayment plan. And so they've always had income-driven repayment plans uh, I think the last iteration of it was called Repay. That was also an mm-hmm. acronym, but I, can't, I don't remember the name of right now. But uh, and so the way this works is, in general is that if you right when you come out of college, you're not making a lot of money. You're they're, they're basing how much you owe on your student loan based on your income. And so, like I said, if you come out of the gates not earning that dream salary, that's fine because your student loan payment is going to be lower. And then as your income increases, you owe more on the student loan. And so they've always had a program similar to this. Uh, The big differences on this new one is that there's a new formula in place. I think they take the the federal poverty level, which I think if you're single, it's like 38,000. If you're married, uh, it's like 68,000, somewhere in there. And they've essentially taken those limits of, I think they used to give you 150% above that, that margin. Now they're going 225%. And so essentially okay. what they're claiming is that a lot of people that are, are making a high income are going to qualify for $0 payments. I think they estimated about 1 million borrowers are going to have their student payments go to zero. So okay. that's obviously attractive. They said other people that right. are, you know, maybe don't qualify for the $0 loan payment, uh, they're going to save at least $1,000 a year in, in loan payments. So on paper, sounds nice. Uh, they, there's a formula there as far as, you know, if you have an undergrad loan, it, the way the formula is based on, you're going to owe 5% of your discretionary income. So discretionary income, think about your income minus your taxes, minus your debt. And so however okay. well the number that comes out to, you're going to owe 5% on undergrad loans. And I think up to 10% on graduate loans. And there is a loan forgiveness provision in there. Um, they, I think it's, you know, once you qualify for this program, I mean, you've been in the program for 20 years for an undergrad loan. Mm-hmm. If it's under a certain dollar amount, it's forgiven. Uh, 25 years for graduate school loans. And then once you're in it for 10 years, low balance loans, I think it's under $12,000, they get forgiven as well. Okay. So, so it sounds like there's a lot of potential, but like you potential. were saying, we don't know yet just because it's, I mean, it came out, I think this summer 
right? Yeah. Is when this rolled out. Um, yeah, it was kind of and, their answer to the, you know, they originally government, the government was trying to get, I can't remember 20 or $25,000 of loans, you know, if you, your balance was under that, they're completely forgiven. That right. got struck down in Congress. And so this was kind of their answer to it. Uh, I do think it could be a great program. I think if you're already on the, the repay plan, you're getting automatically switched to this save plan. And then uh, it's the same studentaid.gov. You go, if you have a federal subsidized, unsubsidized direct loan, you can go change to the the save plan. And otherwise you just have to log in and apply for this. Um, if it's Correct. not something that you are just going to be rolled over into. Yeah. So Only definitely a certain, certain group of people are going to get this automatically. Uh, everyone else needs gotcha. to go uh, apply for it. Yeah. Another big one that I saw is that there's no more capitalized interest. And so, which is a big deal because people were, you know, let's just say they had to pay a thousand dollars a month in student loans and they couldn't do it, but they were paying as much as they could. They're paying 300 bucks, 400 bucks. Okay. The interest that was not getting paid was collecting more interest. And so right. it's almost like these loan balances were just getting bigger and bigger and bigger, yet they were paying on it. And so they've gotten rid of that. No more okay. capitalized interest. So that seems like it could be something that really help some people out. Yes. Um, Without with the amount doubt. that they can pay. So yeah, anybody who's in the repayment phase of student loans, definitely something to go look at. A lot of good information here to do your own research and take a look at if you are in that phase of life where you're still paying off any student debt that you have. Anything else that I I haven't covered with you, Josh, that you feel like could be important or pertinent for any of our listeners to think about or know? Yeah, you know, I, I, I can't think of anything top of my head, but you know, we here at Summit, we're always here uh, to kind of talk you through this. If you got any questions, comments, concerns, you know, we'd love to buy you a cup of coffee and sit down and talk with you about it. Well, thank you so much, Josh. This wraps up our series on college planning and savings. Like we mentioned, we've covered a lot of information in a short amount of time. If you haven't listened to our previous three episodes, I encourage you to go back and listen to those. Um, and like Josh said, if you have more questions, if you have a specific situation, we would love to be able to talk with you, um, reach out to uh, a branch near you. We are spreading fast across the country. So there should be one somewhere close to your region, hopefully. Definitely reach out. And if you liked this episode, subscribe to our channel and we will see you next episode. Thanks for listening to the Reach Your Summit podcast brought to you by Summit Wealth Group. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help support the podcast, please share it with others and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. If you have any questions or topics that you'd like us to cover, please email us at info at summitwealthgroup.com. 